When someone says something is of first importance, uh, it's probably a clue that we should uh, really pay attention, don't you think? Uh, The problem is that we get so easily distracted, don't we? But in our reading we heard, I delivered to you as of first importance. So what Paul is talking about here, it's a big deal. This is the kind of thing that, that should cause us to sit up, to take note. But have you ever noticed that sometimes in church, your, attendant, your attention wanders? Okay, again, just me? Really, I'm the one leading the service. And my attention wanders. I delivered to you as of first importance. I wonder what we're going to have for lunch. For that matter, I wonder when we'll get home. How long is pastor going to talk today? Oh, wait. Sermon. I'm supposed to pay attention. This is important. I delivered to you as of first importance. I can't believe the foolishness that I, I, I saw on the news. What a mess. Politicians, blah, blah, blah. Republicans, Democrats. What a mess that they're making of this country. Don't they understand that this is important? Important. Oh, wait. Something was important. What was it? I delivered to you as of first importance. Can you believe the way that people behave in church? You know, and look at what people wear these days. Really? Don't people dress respectfully for church anymore? Don't they know how important this is? Oh, important. What was important? I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received. That Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures. That he was buried. And that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. First, importance, Paul says. But do we hold this first? Or do we get distracted by clothes, bad hair, lights, lunch, babies? Wait a minute, what were we talking about? Even as a congregation, we can get distracted from what is of first importance by by so many needs, so many tasks, so many projects and problems that we trade that which is of first importance for busyness and for ministry. I think of Jesus' words, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but only one thing is necessary. Only one thing is of first importance. Could it be that we have become so accustomed, so used to the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting, that we daydream instead of just soaking this in? Could it be that that the drama of Jesus' suffering and death and his resurrection is so blasé that our time is better spent on 
other ideas and tasks? Could it be that that sin has become such a small matter in the way that we think, that we feel that, that we should probably be turning to weightier matters, like the clothes people wear, the current crisis in the news, or how we will fill our bellies. A friend of ours once said, consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon, in all of his splendor, was not robed like one of these. I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received. Jesus died for our sins, just as God promised that he would, in order to redeem us. He was dead and buried. Kaput, fini, done. But God raised him from the dead. And he was seen by a variety of eyewitnesses, some of whom continue to witness to us, to testify about this resurrection through the scriptures as we read the Bible. This is a matter of first importance. Because Jesus' resurrection means that we will rise from the dead too. God will raise us up. Our graves will lie abandoned. Those who dwell in the dust will wake and shout for joy because our Redeemer lives. Our Deliverer is coming. Our Savior will return and we will live with him forever bodily. Not just kind of some spirit floating. We will have new bodies and we will live with him forever. And friends, that is awesome. Too often, the Christian faith gets reduced to some kind of a a morality tale of how we ought to be, how we ought to live our lives. It gets minimized to this list of rules and behaviors that if you follow them, will get you into heaven. Those rules and those behaviors then become these points of comparison to say who is in and who is out. Who is better and who's worse? Who's spiritual and who's still carnal in the flesh? Now please do not hear what I am not saying. I am not saying rules and behaviors don't matter. They do. Obedience, repentance, turning away from sin, conforming ourselves to God's will, and walking in his ways are very important matters. They are not, however, the matter of first importance. Nor do they get us into heaven. Nor will they raise us from the dead. This is first importance. Christ, crucified and risen, If Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is futile. So are all your good works, your best efforts. Because if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sin. And it's sin that's the problem. And Jesus comes to be the remedy. And thanks be to God, Christ has been raised from the dead. He's the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. That's a euphemism, fallen asleep. The first fruits of those who have died. 
And that means that our hope is, is not just to die and go to heaven. Our hope is certainly not that when we die, we become angels and kind of float around on clouds and play harps. How boring is that? Who came up with that idea? Our hope is that on the last day, the Holy Spirit will raise us up and give us new bodies, glorified bodies, a body like our Lord Jesus' body after he was raised. And we will live with him in a new creation. There will be new heavens, a new sky, a new earth, a place without sin, where the lion lies down with the lamb, the bear with the goat. It will be a world that is at peace and where all is as God intended it to be from the beginning, without sin, without disease, without cancer, without death. That's where we're headed. That's where all of this ends up. And we're already living this new life, at least to some degree. There is new life that's at work in us. We were dead in trespasses and sins, but now we are alive in Christ Jesus. Our old sinful nature was drowned in the waters of baptism. And a new person rose from those waters to live in Christ's forgiveness, to live the new life in the Spirit. We are now a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. Eternal life began the day you came to faith. A short rest when we die, and then we rise to eternal glory. Death cannot truly touch us because we will live forever with Jesus. Friends, if that's where we are headed, if that's where we're going, how should we live? What kind of people should we be? Do you see how the death and resurrection of Jesus, that which is of first importance, impacts our day-to-day lives, our choices, our priorities. It impacts how we use our time, how we relate to one another, how we use this world's resources, how we spend our money. We live our lives here in time in light of eternity. And that's, that's what's at the heart of the obedience that God calls us to. That's what's at the heart of us turning to God's will and, and not our own ideas or our own philosophies. We have this faith and this trust that we will live forever and God will raise us up because our sins are forgiven in Jesus' death and resurrection. That becomes the hallmark of our lives. It becomes a reason for being It becomes the message that's always on our lips. You know, some people talk about evangelism as converting people. Evangelism is not converting people. The word itself means to share good news. We become good news people who share the hope that's within us. 
as we go through our lives and it, it permeates everything that we do because that's our focus. Jesus crucified and risen for us. That's what's of first importance. At least until we get distracted. There's a, a scene in the Odyssey. You probably had to read the Odyssey at some point in high school. It's an old, old Greek book. Okay. Um, the main character's name is Odysseus. And uh, Odysseus and his crew must pass by this island. They're, they're sailing on a ship, and it's the island of the sirens. Do you remember this scene? And uh, the sirens' song, it distracts sailors, luring them to be shipwrecked on the rocks, thereby killing those sailors. But Odysseus knew that there was wisdom to be gained from hearing the sirens' song and learning how they distract people. And so you might remember that he had his crew tie him to the, uh, the mast while they all stopped their ears and couldn't hear it. Well, this world sings a siren's song to us. And that song sometimes comes from our own hearts. And it distracts us from that which is of first importance. Jesus crucified and risen for us. But we would do well to pay attention and to know the temptations that lead us away from Jesus. And it would tempt us to make something else of first importance in our lives. In other words, to ask the question, what are the false gods in my life? The distractions that can lead us to shipwreck our lives because, make no mistake, Jesus' resurrection is our hope, our salvation, and it gives us meaning and purpose. It gives our congregation meaning and purpose. As we live in the hope and the forgiveness of sins, as we live in the hope of the resurrection of the body, we deliver that good news as of first importance to our children, to our neighbors, to our enemies, to anyone who will listen. Because this message means resurrection from the dead for all who believe in Jesus. Amen.